What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 14 of the Nothing Podcast. It is 2020, New Year, same us. Um, we've had a couple fitness episodes lately. This one will go there as well. But uh, our guest today, me and Riley and I's guest, is uh, Rob Vassals, who is another owner of CrossFit West Nashville. He has been in the fitness industry in this realm for a very long time. Um, has many credentials, um, has a lot of experience and a wealth of knowledge in, um, a lot of different aspects of health and fitness. So, um, if you're interested in, you know, working out, especially with this new year, um, the 2020, you know, starting over all the resolutions, this would be a good episode to listen to and listen up to, uh, what Rob has to say. A lot of the questions we answered, um, we went, you know, full send on. So, Please enjoy. If you have any questions, always DM me on Instagram, JeremiahCooper94, and uh, share with anybody. Share on Instagram, and I will repost it. Um, that's pretty much it, guys. Um, a very long episode, so strap in. You know, it's like I just rehearse yeah. different conversations. Like, imagine I'm talking to this person or this person or this person. Some person in this conversation, this conversation I'm having is talking about um, music and art and like, what is that? You know, blah, blah, blah. It's like all that feeling and all this stuff. And, blah, blah, blah. and it's like all this pain, all this life experience, this emotion. It's all driving you crazy. You're just like excited. You're upset. You're miserable, all that stuff. And then all of a sudden you play that first note. And that the first note that came to my head when I said that to myself in my head was the first note to heaven beside you. Interesting. That song, it's just like, so it just, it's the first thing that comes to my, it, first thing that came to my head. I was like, oh, that's the first thing I thought of. I couldn't believe that. I was like, it, it, of all the songs that could have popped into my head at that moment when I was having that conversation, that's not what, and I hadn't heard of any, I hadn't listened to any Alice in Chains lately. Recently, yeah. Yeah, just one of those things, it popped into my head. It's, it's a curiosity, like why your brain would make those connections. You know, the why, why all of a sudden you have that association, and all of a sudden it's like, bam, there it is. I also like, 
if there's a playlist on like Spotify and I just shuffle play and there's like a song that I want to hear mm-hmm. like next I feel like I'm superstitious about that if it's the actual song like it was like one of the songs I was thinking of plays next or something like oh, that oh yeah people like, like to it like... means nothing like it's just coincidence and chance mm-hmm. but it feels like something mm-hmm. sometimes well I used to make all these like uh, uh, I used to burn a lot of CDs yeah. and I used to make my own you know mixtapes and all that stuff and and so, like, when I would hear a song, and to this day, like, every time I hear the song, I think it's, like, as soon as that song plays, the next song is not what is playing, but in my mind, it's like, that's not the right song, it should be this one, or this one, or this one. Oh, yeah. It's either because of that's what's next on the album, right. or that's what's next on, you know, on the playlist that I made for it, you yeah. know, from, you know, whatever, 2000, <laughs> back when I was downloading stuff illegally on there's Master. A, there's a whole generation of children that aren't going to have their own burn CDs that they wrote you could like write with Sharpie on right yeah I thought do you remember what CD Black was CD Black no so it was like you know like you have like the real shiny kind of like you know CDRs yeah right and so what it was is that it was like a CDR but what it was it was like this almost like a almost like like a black vinyl material that was on the back and you would actually burn it onto this material, oh. and it looked so cool. It was it was just like instead of it being like that shiny material where you could see where there's like the like the film where that the, the main screen the main film was, and then once you started burning stuff on it, it would fill out to a certain length, and then once you stopped burning stuff on there, you know you'd see like it's kind of like a like a like a tree ring, right? Yeah, you see it that way, but you would never see that on a CD black, right? And it was like, I still have some that still work. Um, the problem was that the quality overall yeah. was uh, eventually a little, little, little problematic. Great. Problematic after a while, but it was so cool. I was like, man, I wish they, they figured out how to fix that because those things were cool as shit. But then they had like that one little section, you just take your Sharpie out, and you have like that little, like, you know, get psych mix or whatever, yeah, exactly. you know, or heartfelt mix or whatever, <laughs> you know, if you're like deep and, you know, you have feelings. <laughs> Victory Records compilation Vision. 2005. <laughs> uh, I actually did have like a, a I had like so like um so like those record labels what they would do is they have like a promo yes yeah. CDs that they would you know give out that know? was that's like my most hipster moments is when I hear songs that got popular from those and I was like I I knew that song it's like that that was on the, the promo <laughs> the promo thing it was great I'm you the know. only guy that listened to that. Because uh, uh, victory was was a, was a big one, man. Because um, uh, back in like 2000, yeah, that's when a lot of those those bands that are really coming on to that label. And I was like, and I would get to, like the the damn promo CDs from yeah. like you know because I would go you know to Hot Topic and buy a band shirt, you know, back in the day, you know, because who didn't? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're like what you know? You're not what? living your life. You're like in the elementary school at this point, right? Yeah. Jeez. I'm old. You know, it's funny. It's like, I don't I really don't feel that old, but it's just like, there's just, it seems like it's such a discrepancy between, like, you know, like, I, like, I'm in the gym, and I'm like, there's like a difference between ages between me and some of these kids. Yeah, definitely. Even though I don't really feel but that I, way. I feel that with just, like, within a few years of, like, kids younger than me. Yeah, but there's also people who are like older than you and people who are your age who you're like from just a maturity standpoint. Yeah. You're, like you're you just can't. Just like for references, it's amazing how much like 
two years difference, like a 23-year-old at yeah. the gym has no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. But, like, I'm only two years older, and you're how, however older than me. But we know the reference, but why don't they? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, like, I, like you said Mystery Alaska. I was like, oh, man, that's a great reference. And I was yeah. like... Who else is going to get that? You know, it's like, that's for an audience of one. I'm trying to think, like, who at the gym would know Mystery Alaska? Yeah. Tim honestly might. He knows some obscure movies. Yeah. Because he watches so many. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I don't think anybody else. No big hockey fans. Yeah, Amy's not, not not a good selection for that either. Yeah. The Office, Parks and Rec... That's I like, appreciate that's, the office. That's, that's like that's like her two jams for sure. I probably watch every season of The Office twenty Ooh. times. That's a lot. Cycles. I just have, I I, Maybe I, close. I have Maybe yet to make it through season. I, I I like I started so basically I've, I've wa- I I actually own season one, so I watched that, and then I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> And then everyone was like, well, then you got to watch, like, because it gets so much better after that. And I was like, oh, because it's like, it's like they, they changed everything, kind yeah. of, you know, after season one. I was like, oh, okay. And I got the premise of what it was supposed to be, like, super awkward and all yeah. that stuff, right? So then I started watching it. Uncomfortable. Yeah. So then I started, and one of my exes was like, oh, you guys start watching. So I started watching and all that stuff. So then I was like, all right. And then I got to uh, season four. And that's that's always like that threshold. And I just, no, I just, I just, I just, I don't know. Like, like something else happened. I just lost yeah. like momentum. But and then I once the like, mo was gone, I just it wasn't. It just wasn't there. I feel like season four is the threshold for shows with people. But why is it that like I, I can just, sit there and I can watch Parks and Rec and I love the out of that and I can watch it almost anytime I want to. But then it it, it seems like Friends or The Office. Like, there's a lot of episodes that I love in The Office that I've seen. Yeah. And it's like, those are, they're great episodes. But for whatever reason, from a motivation standpoint, I don't know why it just takes, it's like a hurdle. It's not really that big of a hurdle. But I just can't seem to just get over the damn hurdle. And like, same thing with Friends. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to. Like, why would you ever? Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, I just, like, I just. I don't want to. The Office is the. It's like, it's like Harry Potter. The Office know? is the. I gotta sit there and make myself watch it now. <laughs> Number one show to just have on in the background, also. Like, I'm uh, not necessarily always paying attention. I don't know. It's weird. But once you've been, once you've seen it that many times, though, you know what's happening. Yeah. Without even but looking at it. But it's still, like, it hilarious. And then when Jim made that video about Pam, I cried again the other day when they played it. And I was like, this is, like, the 18th time I've seen this. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like every single time I watch Deep Impact. I, I cry like I, like you know it's like just freaking floodgates man very careful lots of drinks lots of electronics <laughs> talking to the mic I didn't know you were going already <laughs> oh we're, this is this is happening not all of it oh okay <laughs> okay I was like alright just like I'm just running away chit chatting whatever you know <laughs> you can cut it whatever you can snip I've been trying not to edit oh. Little, little, little because briskness. Because I uh, don't want to. Yes. <laughs> it's 100% authentic. It's have no motivation to edit. Because it's like, you just did it, and then you have to go listen to it again. Yeah. Well, that's for those people who are like super OCD about everything. It's kind of like, 
cut and it's got to be a certain, you know, da da da. You know. Yeah. Or there's like awkward transitions or like, you know, whatever. As long as we don't say anything too highbrow. I don't have to cut anything out. Mm-hmm. But we really shouldn't have to. Did I already cuss on this one? Uh, I think I, I did. Know. I think I did. So I you think don't know it, how long, I don't know how long I think it's going uh, yeah. Well, that's true. I'm not sure when. I think I said one bad word. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm really worried about <laughs> not getting that E on there. I actually man. tried to like... <laughs> I tried to go like, boop, and like put it over it. And <laughs> you could still hear it. You crack me up when I like hear you down here like... Talking to yourself. I'd be like, Z105, and yeah. we're back. And we're back. <laughs> oh my god, Mary Kate just farted. Um, yeah, I guess we'll introduce everyone now. <laughs> now that we're in okay. it. Miss Riley Bourne, who is, I know, I don't know if you renewed it, but is um, a certified no, personal no, trainer. <laughs> she was. Seriously? And, uh-huh. Really? And, I did not know that. And was, was in my graduating class. Also, we have. Come on. You gotta tell me all the certs that you have. Oh, but geez. Head uh, coach and co-owner of CrossFit West Nashville, Rob Vassels. Everybody. Um, geez, I've been uh, ACSM CPT, so personal trainer, um, for God over ten years now. Um, let's see, AMN movement coach, FMS level one. Uh, let's see, CrossFit one and two, um, which I have to now figure out what I'm gonna do next with that. Probably. Go to the next level, which is level yeah. three. Then, um, let's see what else I got. USAW, Coach L1. Um, I think it's called a sports performance coach, I think is what it's called, or whatever the hell it is now. Is it a pain to keep up with all of those? Like, renewing them? Um, uh, No. It depends on... Some of them you have to renew, and some of them you don't have okay. to renew. Um, I have one, and I'm dreading it. I have a year. Oh, CSCS? Yeah. I think it, it's, it's one of those things that if you'd like... The, the the industry yeah. and the topic, it's really not that hard to get CECs. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so, so many. It's ridiculous. And it, it costs a lot of money because you have to pay for all of them. Yeah. Uh, research fees are really not that bad for a lot of the major, you know, um, organizations. So it's like, um, like my, like my USAW one's like really cheap. And then like, um, ACSM's really not that expensive either. You know, CSCS is like $295. Yeah, just to renew like a renewal fee plus all the other, like you have to pay for the classes Each you take. Or, or yeah, yeah, stuff like well, that. Well, you know that's what's interesting about the CSCS. You know, is that like it, it's like anything else. It it's great if you know. It's, it's talking about like what's the difference between like you know this and that and like this is for anyone who's like figuring out what they want to do. With regards to fitness, yeah. you know, like, do you, like, do I get a CSCS or do I not get a CSCS? Do I just get a regular CPT? What do I do? Da, da, da. You know, and, and honestly, one of the best things you could do is just kind of figure out how you plan on using it. Right. If you don't plan on being in like a super big strength and performance kind of, you know, facility, right. you know, then chances are a CSCS may or may not be your best bet at that point. I you definitely know. wouldn't. And, that's what was that was the initial plan. Yeah, and I had um, all the the head coach at SAUE head strength coach um, transferred or took a job at Carbondale, and then the other two GAs were done. So no one there was no staff in the strength conditioning, and the university came to me and was like, 
hey, you need to get your CSCS because <laughs> mm-hmm. Division One, like you, we have to have someone that's certified down here over the summer. So they're like, yeah, so you have like a month to do, do that. Yeah, I hadn't go. even graduated mm-hmm. before. And mm-hmm. then I just studied and did it. I'm yeah. really glad you did, though. And my I worst... I like stuff like that. I like the motivation or else I would probably have never done it. Oh, um, sorry. You're good. Um, my worst section of it was exercise science. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. The what, best what was application. Like, um, what, what did they ask in that p- part? I don't really remember. Oh, all right. To be honest. Yeah. Did on, so NSCA, you know, who's in charge of the CSCS, you know, do they like ask a lot of things like, um, there's like wrist trafication and all that stuff and park cues and all that jazz, you know, Uh, what what is it mostly geared towards, you know, on the CSCS? I mean, it is pretty like specific to just like train coaches because there's two different parts to it, but there's each question's within its own category as well, if right. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that's interesting is that, like, for example, like, different, you know, organizations have different diversions of where they tend to be most used, right? So ACSM tries to target more towards the um, uh, AOA crowd, the clinical side of yeah. things, you know, more like exercises and medicine. That's like, I think that's pretty sure that's an ACSM thing, you know, and so... Um, and so it's like, you see that kind of deviation. So when, like when you're taking the CBT, it's not as geared towards sports performance yeah. when the questions are coming around, but well, it's more focused on like wrist stratification. So if I have, you know, like they have, SM has like their wrist stratification, you know, things where they like, okay, well, if you got a person who's got high blood pressure and they got this and this and this, do they need a doctor's release for, you know, exercise yeah. and that. Mm-hmm. Kind of, they have different categories of this wrist stratification and stuff like that. And there's like a huge chunk of the exam that's actually focused around that. So it's just like, I do remember on the CSCS that there was like questions like if so-and-so had to do like three different exercises, it was like, she needs to max her vertical jump. She has three by three power cleans and then back squats. What order should she do those in? Oh yeah. Like that kind of stuff. Mm. And then they show videos of like someone doing power cleans. Explosive things last. And just like <laughs> fail. And they like do a power clean and just donkey kick and be like, ah! yeah. like, like basically do a jump knee tuck. Yeah. And then they'd be like, what's wrong with this lift? Or they'd have like p- people on the rowers and they like row to their face. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, the most obvious stuff. Yeah, yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. Right. You know, so in theory, you know, when most people are, are, you know, doing exams, you know, hopefully for something like that, it's not like we're really trying to trip people up, yep. you know, whereas feel like sometimes I feel like sometimes when people are like writing the test, you're like, you're really trying to trip people up on this, you know, intentionally, you know, just yeah. to see if you're, it's, yeah, pointless. I probably just got, it was probably like Krebs cycle or something. I was like, what? I <laughs> well, I remember one of the things that was interesting. I couldn't tell you the answer today. But one of the things I do remember being on the exam, and I, got, and I, and I made sure I knew that the answer to it, which was um, the the exact mechanism behind a muscle contraction from start to finish. 
you know, mm. like how like the, the how fil- how, how filament theory works. Yeah. The you know the sliding filament theory with actin and myosin and all that stuff, and how the the calcium ion channels like work within creating an actual mm. muscle contraction. I remember that. In, in our four years, we probably learned that four separate times, and it took me until oh. Professor Guilford, um, our senior year, explained it. Until I was like, I actually understand this. And now I actually use it. Yeah. Like, in, in terms of writing workouts and specifying energy right. systems and stuff right. like that. Yeah, there's I, a... I don't use it. <laughs> no, it's all right. It was just one of those things that's like, as someone who like works with people, you're like, how often do you have to reference, you know what? I wonder if they're using, if they're just, their myosin actin is really just not, you know, really <laughs> working right now. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's one of those hey, things. It's like, fix your actin. <laughs> exactly. You know? Okay, do it again. You should be sliding the other way. Myosin. Tight, <laughs> tight, tight core, tight actin. <laughs> you don't want to confuse anyone. Yes. <laughs> Not it's the evil cousin, which is ton actin. Okay, tough right. actin, tough actin. actin. That's right. <laughs> boom, oh, boom, tough actin, ton actin. Uh-huh. What's that guy's name? Uh, it's John Madden. <laughs> yes. it's, it's, it's coach right there. The uh, the coach. Brett, Brett Favre. And, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <He's> obsessed. <laughs> but yeah, you ever seen Frank Caliendo? Yes. Like, like live. Oh man, that guy is hilarious. So good. It's pretty good impressions. Mm-hmm. This Morgan Freeman is. Untouchable. Oh. Untouchable. <sighs> All right, you ready for some questions? Uh-huh. I can be. Cool. Let's do I'm this. really surprised that I'm really more curious to what Riley does. I didn't realize she was a CBT at some point. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you trained at. Um... I worked at workout anytime. Yes. Was like the worst. That was literally the when worst. When we first got here, that was the worst job I've ever had. Why was it? The he worst? was just such an ass. Like the the guy that was running the gym. The manager. The yeah, GM. Yeah, just because. I, like, I'm the type of person where I'm open to learning, so I was, you know, listening to everything he said, but I just didn't, like, sorry, agree with him most of the time. I don't know. He was a lot. Did you ever meet him? I don't think so. Maybe once. Yeah. It was like, I was more focused on him teaching me, like, he wanted me to train the clients just like he would. Oh, yeah. And then, um... <laughs> oh, Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then it yeah. was like, okay, that come to right. the front, and like I'm gonna pretend to be like someone, and from start to finish, like you give me a tour of the gym, and I was just like, ugh, that's cringy. It is. I mean, I cringy. know that it's part of it, and that's just not what I'm like meant for. So I'm the person. Some people are. But I would I'm just, just want to be like, um, I'll just do it, and I'll do it really good when it has to happen. We don't have to. Like, we don't have <laughs> to rehearse it. That's the thing. Is that the awkward? Because it hurts that's my soul. Yeah, that's right. It's that's like a car door slowly closing up my soul. <laughs> I remember the I remember the first time before I, I before the first uh, I got hired on as a personal trainer for the first time. Uh, the uh, the uh, training coordinator at the time did had me do like a mock interview and then like a mock oh, no. session <laughs> with him and all that <sighs> stuff and it was. <laughs> So painful. <laughs> my buddy. So painful. My buddy, Chris, who was a GA at SAUE, he had, he was trying to inter, he was interviewing for assistant strength coach positions. And then, so the former strength coach, Mead, was like, everyone get out of the office. Chris has an interview uh, via Skype. We're like, okay. And then all of a sudden, like, Everything's going on normal in the gym. And then you hear Chris in the, like, room, in the, and he's like, there you go. Yep. Get it up. 
You got it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tight. Please Push tell through me your you guys heels. Gave him a bunch of shit about and then that. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and he go and then he was like, Yeah, I had to like they were like, Well, how would you motivate someone working through their last reps? And I was like, and in that moment I was like, I knew I can't do strength conditioning. <laughs> I mean, if that were you, Rob, would you make somebody do that? Like what? if you were interviewing somebody, would you be like let us see how you would move. Oh yeah, over how would Skype. how would you do that? Um, what's yeah. interesting is that like um, so I'm I'm doing uh, um, aces. Uh, so one of the things I'm, I'm doing for continuing education is mm-hmm. um, trying to go through their uh, behavior change specialist course. And so um, now, like one of the things at the end of the course is that you actually have to do like a like a practical uh, via live, you know, um, you know, uh, Skype or whatever it is, video yeah. conferencing. And we're I guess what what. Um, I was informed of is that not only do you have to be the person who is like doing a pretend session with a with a client, but you also have to role play back and be the the client in question. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, that's cool. I mean, but it's just like the idea yeah. is like, how do you like avoid like the kind of like the the awkwardness of that a little bit? You know what <laughs> right. I mean? You can't. No. no yeah, you but can't. would I do that to, if I was video conferencing an interview and I'm like I'm hiring a potential coach? I'm not thinking to myself. You know, I'm gonna see what they can do. You know, whether yeah. or not they can know how to motivate people via yeah. video. You know, it never it doesn't accomplish anything. It's not real. Like, yeah, it, it, it'll never feel real. <laughs> right. uh, so back in the day, uh, I actually did some Les Mills coaching, um, which is which is uh, which is fun. Um, if you've never done that, um, if you have you ever do you, have you ever yeah have you ever done like just pure choreography? Like no. Like where just you're doing the workout, where it's like you rehearse like everything step by step no. for the entire hour. Absolutely not. Right, and so that's what so that's what Les Mills is. It's that it's choreographed from start to finish, and so you don't have a lot of you and your individual. I was you know, just gonna say, so, I, can't, know. I can't believe you of all people did that. So <laughs> I was With zero autonomy. So well, <laughs> well, because you, you know my personality, I guess a little bit, yeah. and so like. One of the things that we're doing, um, cause I was, uh, trying to certify to be a body pump coach. This is, you know, so if you don't know what Les Mills body pump is, it's essentially like choreographed barbell lifting for like, you know, um, a group class at like golds or like a Y or like a big yeah. box gym oh, and the oh, weights yeah. never usually okay. after an apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they're dressed. Yeah. Everyone just looks like that or like the global gym, purple cobras. <laughs> um, lots of compression, you know, yes. like lots of underwear, heat gear, you know, right. Um, so you see a lot of that. Uh, but, um, so anyway, we're in that, you know, and that, that whole shtick. And, um, and one of the things that was interesting to me, I was like, well, what if I notice that like someone's like clearly doing something wrong? Can I like leave the front of the class and go over there and like correct them? They said, and they said, no, you can't do that. <laughs> now this is again, oh, old school. Yeah. This is like old school. This is like back, yeah. like, you know, we're talking ancient history, 2007, whatever it is. Okay. Right. This is a yeah. long time ago. Her so, back. Her problem. So, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if like the, that kind of, you know, methodology has changed a little bit since then. But I'm, when I asked the question, they said no. And basically the only thing you're allowed to do is give visual cues and verbal cues. That's it. So you're just like repping oh, out wow. jump squats and you're like, hey. Hey. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's Heels. like <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But you know, think about this: what like you're doing, like barbell lifting with like those, like they're like five pound bars, and then you have like those little plate of weights on them and stuff like that. And you're doing everything the tempo, and everything is coordinated, and all that stuff is choreographed from start to finish. And so, it was just um, it's giving me anxiety, right? Exactly, right? And so it's just it, you know, it it's one of those things that it's kind of 
interesting in terms of concept, but it's just one of those things that's like overall, I just yeah. could never truly get myself behind. It's, just, it's like Burn will have protocol that's Tabata, and I just can't do it. Because you want me to do a whole 45 minutes of Tabata? I'm just like, I'm a clock. I'm no longer, I'm not doing anything but looking at my timer. So, what do you do that? Three, two, <laughs> one, rest! Yeah. <laughs> Three, two, one, yeah, go! Yep, yep, that 10 seconds does go quick. Oh, back at <laughs> no, but the reason why I brought up Les Mills was because one of the things that this is, this, this is, I still use this as a joke today, but it's, it's, it, I, I think it's kind of funny, um, but I think it's also kind of true. Is they have this concept called fitness magic. Have you ever heard of this? Nope. So, fitness magic, if you've Sounds never. like a Scientologist. <laughs> that's right, a little workout, a little, you know, it's like, oh. You know, it's like you're like you're now in the clear. Okay, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that's good. Um, if but. you don't appreciate this joke, you're an SP. If you don't know what an SP is, <laughs> yes. you're a suppressive person. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Lord Zenu. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's this concept called fitness magic and so basically it's like when you got like the energy of the room's like really going it's like oh yeah come on two down come on one up super slow four down <laughs> slow it down slow it down and there's like music playing it could be like journey you know like you know like don't stop believing you know that don't stop believing in these really? biceps right now <laughs> yes come on come hey. on don't stop believing come on you know, these aren't shoulders. <laughs> these are boulders. <laughs> in the mirror. <laughs> no, it's just like the idea of what you can tie in your cueing with the music, with um, the like the um, the actual movement that you're doing, and it's like it creates this user experience that they call fitness, fitness magic. 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 Yeah. Fitness magic. So, if you have not taken, if you've never people. taken a Les Mills class. I highly encourage you to go check one out <laughs> from a local instructor and, <laughs> Me and you this is great marketing for them, right? It's great marketing, yeah. you know, you know, <laughs> it's like started not and, <laughs> and, and I want you to see if you experience the fitness magic. Wow. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. All right. No, uh, shall like, we, shall we, we in, engage in what the, what the internet Let's wants to know? Thing. So. Do you it know says, like who asked these or no? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Beth. Are, are you actually gonna like use their names? Yeah. Is this like anonymous? <laughs> no, it's Beth. Beth from. So Beth has got like eighty-five <laughs> questions Beth. from Burn. She has a lot of questions, oh, okay. but I told her the more the merrier. <laughs> right. um, she said, "Elaborate on body types." So basically, she means for, more specifically like how someone might look more cut or like jacked than you are, but let's say you're stronger than them. But right. you guys are relatively the same size, but you would like everyone would think that they'd be stronger because they look mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, so you're associating so, so, so associating leanness with actual physical performance. Right. Well, it's like one of those things you look at a, like a strong man, you know, they're like six nine, you know, talking like two hundred to hundred and fifty kilos, you know, and they're just monsters and they well, you know, not necessarily the leanest they are still relatively lean, you know, mm-hmm. given like, you know, it's like, so they have to carry some weight because it takes some weight to move weight, right? But, you know, it's like, how much, how, how, but in terms of like actually them being strong, you need to have muscle. And so they have just more physical, they have more yeah. mass on their body in order to do it. Now, the question is like, why do we make an association with leanness 
and physical performance. That's probably to me a better question. You know, if that's if that's the, the what we're trying to get at yeah, is like why of. is why is leanness, why is bodybuilding, why is all that, you know, kind of the direction of why it is? Because if we know anything, you know, I should you guys should remember this from your um, extra science stuff is that there are different types of muscle fibers, and some of them, like for example, when you bodybuild, you can create size within a muscle, but you. It may not necessarily have a lot of strength. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you just have There'll a physical be a general s- carryover, but yes, you might have physical size, yeah, but there's not, not a lot of strength that goes along. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that goes along with it. You know what I mean? So I could have like massive biceps, but then I can't overhead press like more than like 95 pounds. Right. You know. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, and like part of it has to be semi genetics because. If you're comparing it to, like, a professional athlete, because that's, like, what a lot of people, I feel like, would compare that to, mm-hmm. like, in terms of somebody yeah. that yeah. looks ripped but is also performing, like, that. At a high, at a high yeah, level, exactly. right? You know. Where there's, like, plenty of girls and guys that eat like crap, barely work out, and somehow have... Absolutely. Are cut, yeah. So, yeah. so, it's, so that's frustrating. Well, I think for, I think I, I think for sometimes like I put in every every single like like I look, watch every single macronutrient that enters my body. Yeah. I exercise. You know, I manage my stress. I sleep well. Why is it that blah blah blah? It, it you're, you're it's 100 percent right. It's genetics. However, one of the things I always caution people on is always trying to not find reasons why you can't be better. Right. Yeah. And just because someone has they're 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 fortunate, that really truly represents such a small component yeah. to like who is out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really not that many people. And then you just start to accept that, and then you don't move forward. Like, yeah. but eventually, father, to think that, you know? father, time comes for from us all for us all. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So eventually, it the the bow will break for those people. Eventually, they'll smoke and drink, and eventually, you know, just. We were just talking about that yep. this morning. So yeah. the things that create all that metabolic disruption eventually catch up with you eventually. It, and to the point where it will we'll start overwhelming your genetics after a while. So. Yeah. Well, I, I was telling him I went through, like, my biggest struggles, like, my junior year of high school is when I put on the most weight. Because I didn't really start working out until college. And, well, I played sports and everything. Mm-hmm. But, like, I didn't train year-round or anything. And a bunch of my friends were just naturally like skinny and athletic and that's exactly what happened like my mom always had to you know reassure me like no it'll like catch up with him someday and I'm like whatever because at the time you know you feel different like I felt different so but it did I mean it did for those people who yeah who don't you know make the commitment to health all the cool cool soccer guys yeah that were upperclassmen are just Right, because it comes easy at that point in one way or another. and yeah. But there's also another misnomer for a lot of those people. One of the things that's interesting about is that so people who have things that come easy to them in existence, what ends up happening is that they don't learn the skills necessary in order to sustain it long term. Because right. it was so easy for them to just have this, and now all of a sudden it's like it becomes hard, and it's like, well, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Well, now I have to figure out how to actually do this stuff, and the pro- quest- problem is that if it happens later in life, it gets that much harder to make the changes, right? Mm-hmm. And so, honestly, the people who have made the investment now have honestly had a much higher place in terms of, like, creating any kind of intervention in their life, you know? And that's kind of really powerful concept that most people should always, always try to, you know, grab onto so, no matter what. also, I don't know, this just made me think of it. I'm, like, 
won't name any names or anything, but we have, I'm trying. We both, me and my sister both have experienced, like we both have had goals in the past that we want to hit and we have worked toward those. Granted, she had hip surgery in March, but it's been said to us a couple times, like someone not knowing my own personal struggles that I went through in high school or whatever, saying, well, it must be nice. Like you guys just have like great genetics mm-hmm. and I don't know. I just was like, but I don't think you realize like how much, I mean, I don't work as hard as some people, but I, I do work hard. Like mm-hmm. I've made it a habit and I make a point to like go to the gym and I do yoga yeah. and I do bar and I do CrossFit three to five times a week or whatever. And I don't know. It's just kind of like, really? Well, I would have said that. Like this is someone <laughs> who's not trying and just viewing things from the outside well, you know and i'm like absolutely. well i do try like i do work hard at it so yeah well the idea is consistent efforts really shows mm-hmm. right and most people don't understand that you know that's the thing you know uh, it's interesting with with the way people act and respond to stimuli you know like especially in the image driven kind of you know stimulus that we have with like social media and all this stuff it's like they don't see the story behind the result Mm-hmm. And so what they'll do is is that they'll automatically create their own story that fits their own biases, their own worldview, et cetera. And we see this common throughout all 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 subjects. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's fitness. It, it, it transcends a lot of things. And it's, for whatever reason, it's a phenomenon that, that tends to exist no matter what, yeah, uh, especially a, in today's culture. It's a confirmation bias. Yes. You're only yeah. finding the articles that you that fit your narrative that you're trying to create. Right. Yeah. What's what's interesting and to, to delineate yourself from them. Right? Right. You know, and like for example, I got uh, what I always thought was interesting is that um, my former boss um, would always say that I I was blessed because I have a mesomorphic body type. And so I actually I mentioned that to Beth. I was like, there's ectomorph, mesomorph. Endomorph. Endomorph. Okay, so you have these in 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 the the literature is a bit unclear as if these things truly really exist or not. What you can definitely tell is that ectomorphs are real a real delineation. Yeah, you know you see that you see people who are tall, long, skinny, like long boned, and they will typically remain that way for a very and they'll, they'll struggle to put on weight. You yeah. know, it's just that that is. But now, for the most part, there is occasionally those people who are like those true genetic stallions. You know, everyone you're, wants you're, to be a mesomorph. Yes, yeah, right. Everyone wants to be an Achilles or a Hercules yeah. or you know one of these like Greek gods yeah. that just suddenly just comes out just comes out of sculpture. You know, it's like nobody oh, okay. wants to be a thick boy. Right. <laughs> Hashtag endomorph. Right. But what's <laughs> interesting is that. It, he would say that, and I, don't, I, and it's it's interesting that because it's a very similar experience. Because mm-hmm. like, what well, you know, it's like so you're you're gifted with this ability that is like superhuman, because what it's like, oh, you're a mesomorph, so therefore you're superhuman. It's like it's like no, because I was sixty pounds overweight. So don't tell me that I'm a mesomorph when I lived <laughs> the majority of my life heavy before yeah. I got fitness introduced into my life mm-hmm. and I made it a priority in my life. You know, that's the thing. And so it's like, well, is, am I an endomorph or am I, or am I a mesomorph or am I something else? You know what I mean? That I have some yeah. disposition to like be healthy and all that stuff. Uh, you know, in terms of like fitness, I'm the fittest person in my family. You know what I mean? So it's like not, it's not genetics. Me too, mm-hmm. Jake. 
Jake. <laughs> yeah, but it's one of those things. That's why it's really, yeah. it's really, it's like, it, but you know, it's interesting oh, about that, you know, so like there's, there, so I've, I've talked a lot about you know, this idea of fitness shaming. So sometimes people uh-huh. will fitness shame people, you know, like for, for being lucky, you're lucky, you have this, you know, all right. stuff. It's like, no, I've just made something, I've created a value around mm-hmm. something. That's what which it, is yeah, my that's health. what it seemed people, like, was what that we were considered People don't lucky. realize is like, especially if it was to be like, to you or me or Tim or somebody that's put in like so much time, mm-hmm. like yeah. an incredible amount of time, and for someone to just be like, "You're lucky," or be, <laughs> like, no, I've dedicated my life to this, yeah, or it's just it's just very, just very dismissive. It's really easy to dismiss. Yeah. I think it's also on the flip side of that to easily dismiss people who are heavy who are overweight, who are obese, as being lazy, as being people who like just don't do this and all that stuff. It's entirely possible that someone has really tried to make this a value in their life and for whatever reason it just has not clicked yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's funny is that we as health professionals have to understand that when they're walking in the door. You know, So we can't judge or prejudge right. or any of that stuff because yeah. we gotta, we got to wait to hear that story because you don't know. You know, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times where it's like, you know, you eventually, like well, a lot of what we do is trust. Yeah. And that person has to trust you. Eventually they'll tell you that story and then eventually you get to the details of what's going on, you know? Yeah. That yeah. sucks with the nutrition because mm-hmm. people. spend some hard things. Yeah. No, people, just, people lie. Oh. Oh, well, I th- <laughs> yeah. I think they I, lie and then they're like, they, it's like, I'm, I'm doing everything. And then, like, I see them on Instagram stories, like, posting, mm-hmm. like, crap. And I'm like, just tell me the truth. It's a lot easier. and We could figure something out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, uh, you don't eat perfect, so. No. 80-20. You know what? <laughs> you're, what? You're so gifted. You know? You're so lucky. <laughs> yeah. You're so yep, lucky. You're, just lucky so. you're so lucky. You've got those great genetics. When did you lose all that weight? How old were you? So, basically, I was I well. Uh, I was twenty. Okay. So I was twenty. So this is uh, you know it seems like ancient history. So <laughs> you know one of the things that's interesting about one of the things that 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 taught me was that especially consistency in action, how important it is for you and all people to understand that what you do consistently and the state of being that you live in. The, for, for longer is ultimately the, the state of being you're going to stay in and it's really difficult for people to get that so the longer you're heavy the long, the easier it's going to be for your body to want to be heavy right, right. and then for your body it, gets comfortable uh-huh. right but if you are for example leaner and you've worked, worked on being lean and being healthy instead of like it's going to take a lot for you to kind of shift out of that because your body's going to fight against it you know, because you have all these different things within your hormones and your endocrine system to kind of keep you in check and keep right. you in line. But, um, but 20 years old, uh, basically, uh, I was 215 pounds. And what happened was I was uh, at a point where I was just very unhappy with a lot of things in my life. And so I was like, you know what? what? And it, I couldn't fix them all. In one swoop, you know, like people like they like make these massive New Year's resolutions, and like I gotta fix this and this and this and this and this and da da da. It's like you know, there's like ten million things that apparently everyone needs to fix. And I was no sure. I was I was also one of those people, not necessarily around New Year's, but just it's like okay, I want to change some things. 
And so basically I was like, okay, well, I can't change all this in, in one swoop, but what can I, what the, what sort of things don't I like? And I was like, well, I really don't like my weight. It doesn't make me happy, you know? And so I'm, I, I need to figure out what to do differently. And so I basically I re-upped my Y membership and I started doing Billy Blank's Boot Camp. And that's, <laughs> I saw an infomercial for Billy Blank's Boot Camp. Um, and if I bought today, I could get an extra couple bonus DVDs <laughs> and an extra bonus band, you know, all this stuff, right? You know, it's like, and I was like, yeah, I'll buy that, da, da, da. you know, and here's my money. Um, and so uh, it changed my life. Uh, and I make jokes about it. Um, it. It really changed. The idea was between doing Taibo and re-upping my Y membership and just creating a priority in my life and centered around health and fitness, it made a huge difference, you know, in terms of me losing weight. And so after about eight months, I had lost 60 pounds. That's awesome. So, and it just like, yeah. and just like completely changed. And it, just, it came from a change in mindset and the idea of self-empowerment, the idea that I believe... I got a little taste of success and the, the success became this, this snowball effect yeah. where eventually totally. just, I can both, relate we to both were so like, hard. yeah, exactly. That's how we felt. <laughs> so once you get a taste of it, you start believing your, your ability with which to make a change in your existence. Yeah. Right. And how powerful that really is. Right. And so if you, if you don't have that self-confidence in yourself to actually be able to execute because everything, it ain't all change is built around execution. And it's got to be like a 9 out of 10 to a 10 out of 10. Yeah. If you can't execute it like all the time, then eventually it's going to – your old habit's going to creep back in to pull you out of that, that, that behavior change, right? And so it's like, all right. So if you can taste it and you get a little bit of success and you're like, you know what? I can do this. Yeah. It's not a dream anymore. It's not in this like faraway you know, Narnia land that you know, <laughs> apparently that you think that all these dreams tend to be you know, and how, how you kind of self-actualize yourself and all that stuff. So it's like – no, it can be real. I think I just gotta teach yourself how to do yeah, it. Yeah, I was I was frustrated before I had that feeling. I was frustrated because I was probably one of those people that I just brought up, saying, "Well, it must be nice," like about my friends or whatever. Yeah, you know, or a couple specific, you know, girls in high school that I would compare myself to or something. And I wouldn't ever say that I was like really overweight or something but I knew that I wanted to make a change but that was the same kind of thing like I got into running I did insanity a little bit and then yeah you know um (laughs) (laughs) I still like to do it sometimes just for a good mem say Sean T who did that good mems yeah Sean T uh huh but I felt the same way so yeah I could relate a lot Mm -hmm. I was a sophomore in high school and I stopped playing Baseball, so like I grew up playing sports year round, mm-hmm. so just like that kind of difference or like lack of activity, and then I Made I started difference. playing in a band, um, and then that took up some of my time, and I wasn't playing soccer year round yet, like I wasn't into it just yet. I was like 192 pounds, and then. So from how old were you then? You're. 15. Okay. And then from. Sophomore from like the sophomore year, summer to junior year, I just like I kind of had the same realization. I was like, I don't really like the way I look, so I kind of want to change it. And then I ran up to the high school one day and then ran back. And then the next day, I did it again and again and again and again until 
I didn't have to walk any of it or had to jog or yeah. go faster and then started going more and more. I didn't know anything about anything and I lost 40 pounds in a month. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know anything about nutrition. One hundred percent, like consistency, and that's all I knew. I tried to learn. um, That's all I knew. What's that in college? But yeah, I mean, I just I did the same thing. I started running, and I would do five Ks. I I mean, I was basically running three miles a day, if not more than Mm -hmm. that. And then just kind of watching how many total calories. But once that that was it, and then once seeing those results, exactly. That's when I was kind of like, okay, I've thinned down a little bit, but I'm like, one day it clicked with me that I wasn't as strong as I wanted to be. Yeah. And I oh, didn't, for sure. And I didn't look like I was that's strong. How I, and that's kind of when I was like, I think I want to be a girl that is strong, you know? And that's kind of when like CrossFit kind of that's how creeped I in. Got, that's how I got here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Because I was, yeah. Because that gave me those. Weirded out those goals and that that really struck that like competitive thing within me you know because i was tired of just doing running i mean running was like yeah and the what it was for a while the women that are like genuinely afraid of like putting on a little bit of muscle and size like i can genuinely relate to which is kind of weird (laughs) when i was like 156 pounds well yeah it was like scared to put weight back on. Mm-hmm. What do you weigh right now? One ninety, I think. Really? No, I, you said that's not what you were the other day. I thought you were I, like that was eighty six. I hadn't eaten. Oh, when I so in. so I'll weigh in right now if you want me to, dude, bro. You said yeah, you weighed in. It was one eighty six. You said I thought you said one eighty five because I weighed in and I was like one eighty six point six. Let's, Swear. We should have you weigh live. I guarantee it'll be probably like 192. Yeah. Okay. When I, when we started yeah. dating, you were two. Oh, I was like 220. 225, yeah. Oh, like, I remember you used to be what? Jake, Jake, what? Your, your Insta handle had like 94 <laughs> kilo on it. That's right. It? That's right. Mm-hmm. 94 kilos. Yeah. That's right. Takes weight to move weight. I'm, I'll keep my comments to myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just what? joking. Mm-hmm. I always tell him I like when. He's like bulky. She likes. Thick, I like thick either way. I'm just joking. Dad bought his in, man. The ladies, the, the <laughs> ladies are into it. You know. How long, um, from when you started, like, I guess CrossFit because that's the only thing, like, probably the first thing you competed in, unless you comp- competed in something else. How long from when you started to when you did your first competition? Let's see. My first. CrossFit competition was probably eight months into it. Yeah, it was scaled, did like a team thing, and then I did uh, an individual one. Um, I did the original OG Battle of the Barbells. Nice. Its first year um, at, cool. at uh, CrossFit Murfreesboro. I did it scaled because I was that fit then, you know. And um, yeah, it was fun, you know. It was just one of those things, and it's like you kind of do it just kind of how it was you know did you like were you like nervous to do it or what's what's i mean yes i think you're always yeah you're always kind of like i think part of it is like you're always like well again more that self-action i imagine myself being able to do x right and are you able to actually live up to x or not Mm -hmm. you know is, is y more the reality you know 
And so it's like, and so you kind of have to just go into it thinking and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, I was going to podium, you know, um, I was, I was, uh, I was in, in line at podium at that thing. Um, Get off me losers. Right. And then, <laughs> and then I ran to uh, a slight judging issue on the last workout you and that, whip, yeah, and well, yeah, or, um, I was watching, um, the 2014, um, CrossFit Regional, Central East Regional, which had Alyssa Ritchie. A lot of people forget this one. Alyssa Ritchie. Deep dive. Yeah, deep dive. Yeah. Alyssa Ritchie. I was just, this is literally today I'm watching this, and I'm just she like... She got robbed. She did get robbed, and she was... Uh, it was the final event. She had been working her butt off. I'm not sure if you know anything about Alyssa Ritchie. First of all, she is um, American National Champion um, in her weight class uh, for weightlifting now. Um, she switched from CrossFit to weightlifting. She's now with Juggernaut... Um, uh, weightlifting, you know, um, there, you didn't know that no. she had the biggest pee video for her clean PR. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. So she, uh, so she, so she, so she's like, uh, she's on, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure if she's technically on team USA or not. Um, I know she went to Pan Am's and all that stuff. Blah, blah, blah. So she quali- she's been qualifying for all these international meets, which is really, really cool. Um, but you know, this Melissa Ritchie, when she was competing in CrossFit was 115 pounds. She's four foot 11. That's crazy. Okay. This is this is how good she was for her body size. It's like Kelly Jackson. And so yeah, the true. last event is like sixty three pull ups. So it's for time, sixty three oh, yeah, pull ups, and it's like overhead uh, squat. and the overhead squat is like one hundred and thirty five pounds. So we're already talking like a weight that's like already twenty pounds more than what she is, right? And so she gets done with the the uh, the thing, and all she has to do is just not finish like three people behind her, you know, or have three like whatever, you know, have like three people. Of the person who's in fourth place, like three or five or whatever yeah. spots ahead yeah. of her. And so she's she's got the thing up there and she's doing the squats and all that stuff and da da da. And she sits there. Sorry. She sits there and she does the reps reps and she's got the final rep done. And she stands it up and she she sees like all these people who are like, you know, obviously they're running towards the uh their little platform so they think they get the, like the time chip because everyone's got a time chip on tells them when they like their actual time is and all that stuff and, and all people and she's trying to get there right and so she finishes the rep so the rep's good you watch the video the rep is totally good but because she she dropped the weight before the 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 judge said good they dismissed the last rep and then she, at that point, she's exhausted after doing 63 yeah. pull-ups, after doing seven events and across holding, the weekend. holding on to finish that those reps. Yes, and holding her. on. And it's like, you know, it's like you – and she was sitting the, in third place and she was going to go to the games. What pisses me off the most is that the amount of trash reps that I guaranteed that people got away with during the whole weekend. Yeah. And for her to miss out because anyway, of that yeah. bullshit. So it's just one of those things I watched today. I was like, oh man, what what what, what robbery? This is why I don't yeah. like. Just, like I mean, did they say that? Like, yeah. hey, wait until I say good. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, probably should, not. I, I understand. Like, and I know Dave would say, well, she didn't wait for the judge to say good. I'm like, well, I, I, I get it, Dave. But I feel you like know, that doesn't really happen, Dave. It, it's you like, know? it, it, it does not. that does that detract from the fact that the rep was good or not? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm so sorry. Anyway, That's point nice. being. So, there's a little controversy for me on that side of things. That's why. Hashtag train. Hashtag train. Train. How long did you um, train before you did your first competition? Well, 
You were there, my first one. Um, I did Festivus, and I placed second in the individual, I think, right? I got second? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so that would have been, I think it was April, um, and I began CrossFit in like July of 2016, and that was like April of 2017. So, yeah. So, relatively I'm, quickly. Yeah. Pretty sure. I really haven't competed much. I've done four? Three? Did four. You, four. Did you train a certain way knowing that you had to compete? Like, did you change the way you trained or you just kept doing normal classes? Or Well, then I was just doing normal classes, yeah. I mean, I didn't know for the first one by any means. I ended up PRing my clean that day, which was really exciting for me because squat cleans are my favorite and that was just a one rep yeah. clean I'm pretty sure it was like the very first workout but um for a couple of the team ones we've done I always like kind of focus on my weaknesses or whatever I'm sure that's what everyone would say but um especially having a partner that keeps you accountable or knowing like well so and so can do shoulder overhead easily with this weight like yeah. and I need to work on this or something yeah. you know because like the whole point of that being in the workout is not to like have to split jerk it or whatever so right. that I would work on I remember specifically doing that because at the time putting 95 overhead for me was like really heavy you know, mm-hmm. so that I remember specifically working on that, but like, I don't know. Yeah. It just depends on the Christine workout. asks. So, yeah, you, you know, you know Christine. Yeah, but too. like now, I mean, that one we did with the dubs, I think, and it was shoulder overhead with 95. Or maybe it was clean and jerks, three clean and jerks with the double unders. That one workout. I oh. loved that workout, but that was like the first time that I have moved 95 consistently, yeah. like through a workout like that. So, just in comparison, you know. But how many reps did you have to do? Um, remember? No. Three. Six. Times. How many rounds? Eight? I'm pretty sure it was, was very, it was pretty much only three reps. I'm pretty sure that's what oh, it was. Okay. It was like super low rep. Mm-hmm. So from a program design standpoint, you know, what, one of the things that you're always trying to do is just like, okay, what weight is going to be like a, a good weight for some of these people to work on, you know, and if they're like scared of like a certain weight and they're always used to doing yeah. this, what's going to be like that stretch weight a little bit that's going to make them uncomfortable, but they can do it. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, that's kind of how you're always trying to play it. But then that way it helps you build what? Strength. No, so the, the C, <laughs> big C. What? Big C. Confidence. Oh, I was gonna say comfortability as well. It was just confidence. <laughs> you, you, you've built now. You're like, I, I felt I moved it consistently. You know what? Mm-hmm. And now right. I feel like I'm not necessarily as afraid of that weight now. Hopefully, right? right? Yeah. yeah no. And then let's say there's a three rep max split jerk next week. You know you can do more than you did in the fucking workout. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's why I really hate trainers who design workouts that bury people. I mean, it's like, great job. You came up with a workout that's really, really hard. It's great. Good job. You know what I mean? Any monkey can make up a workout that just destroys people. All right? That doesn't take a lot of skill. What takes skill is finding a workout that allows people to develop things like confidence and develop their abilities, develop their skills, etc., so they can eventually get more buy-in to what they're doing so they can actually continue because consistency across time is really the name of the game. That is one of the hardest parts of 
programming for burn is like a combination of exercise, programming exercise, and programming training. And like finding a balance between that. Because not everyone wants to... Knowing some people don't care how much oh, they, yeah. how much they lift, mm-hmm. yeah. and others do. They so, just want to come in and do yeah, a workout. For exactly. Them. Yeah. But Christine asked because sometimes she's, I feel like that she's <laughs> thinking about wanting to uh, compete in weightlifting. So she was wondering like how long you guys oh. waited or if yeah. how our training should be different. Or training doesn't have to be different. Well, I've never trained more frequently. Specifically, and so. um, I don't know. I wouldn't if you're comfortable doing it. Do it. I did not wait. Very long, and there's the worst that can happen is you bomb out and then go to the next one. I, I think w- one of the things that's, that you have to always remember about competing is that you know there's there's different tiers, and you have to reflect on you know maybe where you are in terms of tier, and right. then not allow yourself to get too far ahead. Yep. You know, and just keeping that that vision kind of relatively short, and just like. Because when you set the expectations way too high, mm-hmm. you know, what ends up happening is that you're going to do a couple things. Number one, you're going to set yourself up for failure, which is not ultimately what you should be doing. You should be trying to build confidence in what you're doing. Two, you should be enjoying what you're doing, right? So well, the reason why you choose to do something is that you can hopefully right. enjoy doing it. So, you know, it's like, okay, you know, if you want to go out there and you get to do it, it's almost kind of an honor, in a lot of ways, because something come on people who actually don't go out there. Now, there's a huge difference between running like a 5K in a lot of scenarios and then doing going to like a weightlifting. It's meet. completely different. It's oh, a completely yeah. different experience, mm-hmm. right? It's all eyes on you. I mean, the the amount six of... Six total chances. Yes, exactly. You have six shots and that's it. And yeah. the amount of nerves that you get and with silence them, as well. Right. So all know. the music that right. you use to just, pump you up is gone. Yeah, it's like all that stuff, right? And it's all comes down to this moment. Yeah, you Bobby, know what I mean? Bobby Schmurda can't help you. Right, exactly. It's honestly like going to like it's a profound. talent show. You know what I mean? And just you you sit there and you rehearse this this stupid routine, stage. right? And yeah. that's basically what you're on. You got you're on a stage and you have to sit there and you have all these people just watching you and making this see <laughs> just to see if you do anything that's slightly incorrect. You're, yeah, you're they're all watching you to see if you're going to do what you're supposed to do. do. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and that is it's 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 a, it's a totally different kind of experience. But then, with that said, you know, in theory, if you're going to get into something like, for example, weightlifting, you know, um, it's about number one, do you enjoy what it is? Yeah. You know, there's different kinds of weightlifting as well. If we're, if we're talking about the sport of weightlifting, or we're talking about just different kinds of strength sports, whether specifically weightlifting, specifically weightlifting, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just a whole different. Her- your first weightlifting competition is going to be a learning experience in itself because mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to know kilos, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, like just the way it works in terms of declaring weight and how the strategies work with that if yeah. you actually are trying to place. Yeah. Now, if you are – no, there's a good question for you. Would you change anything about your experience from when – what how you did it? That's probably a better question, right? Because you just jumped right into it and just like did Bulgarian and just crushed it, right? You know, just started getting podiums all the time, right? You know, (laughs) would not recommend. So the question is from from your experience, just someone who's who's thinking about doing it. You know, it's like, well, would you have changed something that you did to you think would been to your collective benefit? One hundred percent. I've done three weightlifting competitions. I placed third in all of them. 
but I was doing essentially like an Americanized Bulgarian system where every day was max effort. If it was a complex, it was max effort. If it was, you know, double, it was max effort. Everything was finishing at the most weight you could do for that movement for the day combined with Mm -hmm. the same variation of clean and jerk or squat. I would never tell someone to do that. Um, I think it's dangerous. (laughs) I wouldn't recommend it at all. Um, But I do like the idea of like a large amount of max effort days. Like I wouldn't change that. Mm -hmm. Um, But training up to it, like I never really did like a ton of percentage work. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I would have more of a strategy if you really want to be more successful. Like Mm -hmm. I, I was doing Bulgarian and I hit the day before I competed. I snatched more than the day I competed. Mm -hmm. So like, you I was just there to have fun. You didn't do that day, did you? I hit 290 and then oh. without straps because I had to taper off straps. And then in, I think, like tennis shoes. And then the next day, <laughs> hit 282. Yeah. And everyone was like, why would you do that? But like, you need know. to understand that about your personality, though, is that he just goes at everything like 2,000%. It's like, zero or 100. Yeah, like there's no... All or nothing. Yeah. Right. Like, when he was with fighting there for a hot second, it was, like... I just, like... You know, It's the in. intensity. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, I need some sort of intensity to, like, mellow me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so the question... Did you have eyes on you during that whole process, or no? Oh, no. I I literally... Like, I had a couple guys that helped me along the way, like, weren't even coaches. Mm-hmm. But... I legitimately taught myself how to weight lift. Mm-hmm. Would you find, say that's probably the best approach for most people or, or for, you know, maybe Christine, et cetera, you know, et cetera. If you were going to, again, asking, if someone was like, you know, kind of doing something. Coach yourself. Yeah, exactly. Coach yeah. yourself. Probably not no. overall the, no. the best strategy. Um, coaching yourself. Just man. using YouTube, man. Just that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I really did. And if I saw my prior set, like if I could see myself doing it, I'd be like, what is this kid doing? Yeah, but, but everyone feels that way. But eventually, Everyone's a beginner. eventually you would not progress because your efficiency is so bad in the lifts, but I was getting better. Mm-hmm. Like I found a way to be more efficient and mm-hmm. then I don't know. Mm-hmm. I legitimately like Brett Hubbard, who was assistant coach at University of Missouri St. Louis assistant strength coach he got me into it and would like give me cues and stuff like that but no one I it was never like uh I never went through drills or mm-hmm. stuff like like anything that I did was just on my own mm-hmm. yeah find a coach <laughs> <laughs> get eyes on you yes 100% get eyes on you from someone who's been doing it, been coaching it for and a if, while. And if you, know. if you, if the bar makes contact with your high thigh and your or your hip, and you hear it make contact, you feel it, and the coach says, "Don't do that. Leave the gym." Does that happen? Huh? That, I'm the, sure it does. Oh, um, yeah. Well, you know, it's just interesting. And again, it depends on where you fall on that spectrum of things. Yeah. You know, sometimes some coaches emphasize it more. Some coaches emphasize it less. So again, it's just just a spectrum of things, yeah. you know. But in general, like there are certain things that if you hear it, chances are you got not a good, good coach. Yeah. Yeah, I've wondered if I should try that before. Just have you be my coach. It'd be kind of interesting. 
I don't think you. I don't think we'd have a Tia Claire Toomey situation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm talking about me doing one competition. Tia Claire Toomey. Tia Claire Toomey. Toomey. I feel like she part knocked of it would out be fun, 63 pull-ups. But I also feel like we would want to kill each other at some yeah. point. That's like, it's, like, it's like trying to train family members. You can't do yeah. it. You can't do it. It will not happen. Because I feel like I would get upset with you him. You can't do it. You can't. I trust your ability 100%. But I would get upset with you as far as like me not wanting to do the thing and then having you be the one tell me like you well, have to I, do the thing. Yeah. And I, I'd be like, but I don't want to. That's what I tell people at Burn. I'm like, I'm not like we're not going to be friends for 45 minutes. And then afterwards, we can be friends. Yeah. yeah. Ready to get after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's do some of these quickly. Um... How to increase speed on conditioning movements like uh, example burpees? As a male, female, doesn't matter. Um, if you yeah, if you think there's a distinction, go for it. Well, w- female ass. Let's, let's let's think about this, right? In in general, the female population probably has more difficulty with the burpee from a upper body component, you know, than anything else, right? Chances are, if you can do a ton of push-ups on your toes, you're not going to have a big problem with being able to do burpees relatively fast, right? Because you have a certain degree of upper body strength, endurance, and also core endurance, right? So I've yet to find someone who has really good push-ups who doesn't have also good burpees as well. So sometimes the missing part of the equation is breaking down what the movement is and figuring out, okay, is there a certain part of it that sucks, Right, and for the amount of people that I see who struggle with burpees, chances are you see a couple things break down. Number one, core is going to be a huge component why it breaks the down. Snaking, the snaking mm-hmm. cobra, mm. you know, kind of. It's like me, one hundred percent. I'm going to lay At down me. on the thing, uh, and then like, uh, you know, and so. But part of it is, can you keep your body rigid and throughout the entire piece, right? If you can't keep it rigid, then it's going to be a lot more difficult in order to... Because yeah. at that point, you're not being efficient, and you're just getting more exhausted right. because you're wasting a lot of energy, right? So it's like, well, how do you get faster? How do you get better at it? Well, go back to doing something like a push-up and seeing if you can get that better at like it. That's like the perfect answer for who asked that question. I can't... I cannot emphasize this enough. Here we go. Is... <laughs> How weak no, everyone's backs are. With Low regards, backs are their just upper back. back. Their upper back is so weak. Because if you think about the eccentric component to a push-up, what is it? It's going to be the protraction, right? So you're retracting, retracting and therefore yeah. you are rowing. Yeah. So the amount of people who don't focus on creating tension in their upper back... And so what happens is that you see a lot of people who dump into this anterior tilt and internal rotation in their push-up because they just don't have the actual upper back strength to be able to pull themselves into the bottom of a push-up. And then everything is broken down from there, right? So it's like, okay, well, if you need to get better push-ups, so maybe you get out those dumbbells and actually start doing some rows and actually help increase your back strength. Yeah. Just, it's one of those things. And then obviously core is a huge component mm-hmm. to that. So being able to be rigid throughout the entire range of motion. So if you don't... That's a big... If you can't hold a center plank... For more than 10 seconds, chances are push-ups are really not in your wheelhouse just yet. Yeah. So you got to figure out how to develop some core endurance at the same time. Yeah. We do, like, for the... I wish we could do band... Like, if we had all the bands at Burn to do 
push-ups every time we did push-ups. It oh, would, yeah, because the amount, look, of, amount of volume of people. It would look like like lasers in like a bank. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone would be like, watch your step yeah, when you guys see your band. Yeah. But more so is people trying to progress from push-ups on their knees to push-ups on their toes. And like the setting that we have, I feel, is I'm always tra- – everyone's trying to finish as fast as they can. Oh, yeah. So they're not concentrating on the right. proper rep. Right. So you need to forget what's going on around you and focus in I think on ta- perfect reps. I think you're tapping into a different a different problem, which is this this mob kind of situation, right? And so it's a it's that it's that tray watching phenomenon. You know what I'm talking about? Tray watching. Mm-hmm. So this is thing. It's, just, it's a basically it's something that you know I never thought of, but apparently it's more common with females. Is that you end up like when someone comes to your lunch table and you end up not you end up looking at what they have on their tray and seeing what they're eating. Mm-hmm. And so you're you're focusing not on your lane and just kind of just ignoring that. You're why are you even caring what the hell that they have on their plate, you know? It doesn't even matter. And so what ends up happening is that people get too caught up in what other people are doing and they seeing what oh, they're doing X, so I need to be doing X, even if X is not appropriate for me. Right. Right? That's, yeah. And so oh, that's 100%. And what they want to feel is they want to feel included. They want to feel they don't want to feel like separate. They don't want to feel like they're the dunce of the class, right? Right. And so the idea is is that's part of that building trust relationship. And say like, well, well, the reason why we're doing this is because we're trying to get you to that next level. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to better you right. to do it. So that's like a whole different thing. So yeah. how do you how do you address that problem and address that question and stuff like that? And so it's about having developing that relationship with that person. And I, and I uh, it's what I feel like. And then the other thing is that like find a progression that works for them that allows them to feel confidence in what they're doing. Like find three reps at ninety five pounds for clean and jerk, right? Mm-hmm. And so that could be something as simple as you know, it's like okay, well. You know, we don't have the option of bands, but, you know, I'm assuming you have steps and you have boxes at things like burn, right? And so you can do elevated push-ups. Those are also yeah. great options yeah. for, for people and just learning how, especially when you have a box, it forces them to stay narrow in their hands so they don't get the opportunity to um, uh, abduct their elbows as much. And so it's like all of a sudden it's like, you know, and so it's like so they have to stay in, which is a benefit to doing that, right? right? Which is nice. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I and, like doing incline and so so incline push-ups are also a great option for people who are trying to get better at it. And it's also progressive, so you just get to a lower and lower box. Start with with sixteen inches, and then you go down to twelve, and then it's down to eight, and then four, and then all of a sudden you're like on a couple plates, whatever, and then you're on the ground. Yep, nailed it. Good answer. Good answer. Um, Family feud. How do you stay motivated with like a string of bad workouts? Like workouts that you just didn't feel like went very well, or and in addition to um, like food choices, like you're just like it's a bad, you're in a bad cycle, like you're off the wagon, I guess. How do you get back on? On both sides or just one? What do you mean? Like on the so like, workout like, side? Like workouts are going go bad, work. and then also my nutrition's Let's going go bad. Workouts. Right. So I, I don't think that you know. Sometimes they are; they're not all mutually exclusive, right? Sometimes it is both feeding into each other. Sometimes the reason why your workouts aren't going great is because often maybe the nutrition's not on point as yeah. well, right? And vice versa, you know. So sometimes you know it's like, you know, like I, the reason why I'm, you know um, my nutrition's not going well is because maybe because um, my workouts aren't going well, whatever. So, but let's just say it's just like, well, you run into a problem where 
you have these expectations of what you sh- how you should be performing instead of allowing it to be what it is. You know, one of those, yeah. it's a very common expression that my dad used to use all the time. It's just, it is what it is. And so it's the idea that you come to a place of acceptance that there's some things that are going to be within your control and certain things without it that are in your control. And how hard is it to always have this expectation that something is supposed to be X? And if it's not X, then suddenly there's something wrong. Yeah. And there may not be anything wrong. You know, it could be the fact that maybe you just got some bad sleep or whatever and all that right. stuff. It's like, it's like a hitter, you know, a hitter gets into a slump, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, then they get hot, you know, and it's, it's, it is what it is. It's just that we have these cycles and part of it is some of it could be that it's a, it's like a common, common plateau issue, right? Which is a hit a weight and I just can't seem to get past it, you know, whether it's on a squat or a deadlift or a bench press or whatever, right? And just for whatever reason, I just can't seem to get better at it. And you keep trying to hammer it, try to like do all different kinds of things. Say it's like the bench and all of a sudden I just can't seem to get better at my bench and all of a sudden I tried doing this. I try to use bands. I try to use chains and I try to do all this stuff. I try doing eccentrics or whatever and nothing seems to work. Well, you know, and then it's like, you know, instead of like trying to keep trying to just hammer and hammer and hammer and hammer, um, what, uh, a square peg into like a triangle yeah. hole, you know, you just can't do it. Right. So you're like, okay, well, instead of doing that, why don't you just try to just do something different and just like, just kind of shift your focus, mental focus more than anything else. And just kind of figure out like, there's other things that I can get better at besides just this one thing. And it. It could be that when you stop thinking about it and you just kind of just get back into enjoying the process, all of a sudden you come back to it and then bam, there it is. That's the trick is, is getting to a point that like you shouldn't, I think it's just ultra competitive people, like a portion of it. Yeah. But getting to a point that like you're enjoying the workout and the challenge of the workout, but you're not as concerned with the time it took. Like, right, exactly. You know, like, uh, I think yesterday is a great example. Yeah. You know, yesterday we, we did a workout that I knew that I particularly was not going to be probably, I wasn't, wasn't going to win it, but I, I was telling everyone this week, I am looking forward to this workout <laughs> because I think it's just going to be a great fun workout that's going to be challenging and it's going to be something that's going to probably, you know, challenge me and my mental focus within it. One of the reasons why I love CrossFit as a modality is because it ex- you accept this idea that you there's a possibility of failure within it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now we're always trying to set people up for success and stuff like that. But sometimes what's motivating within it is that there's a possibility I might not do well in this. And so I have to hang in mentally into what I'm doing. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And then how do we I gotta tra- get through this? How do I train that? It's a it's a mental exercise, yeah. right? So how do I mentally be able to get through something like this? And especially when something doesn't go right. And that's why I find there's so much synergy between fitness and life. You know, it's like you see, like, well, when something doesn't go right, how do you respond? And it's a great teaching tool for, like, okay, when something's not going right, well, crap. Now my arms are really tired, and now I can't do these deficit handstand push-ups. So what <laughs> am I going to do? Um, and I'm not going to cry about that. I'm not going <laughs> to freaking throw chalk on the ground and, you know, and go run outside and start crying and all that <laughs> stuff. Right. I, wake, <laughs> wake. So what I'm going to do instead is I'm just going to like throw my hands up in the air. It's like, okay, we're in, we're in this now. And we're yeah. just going to, it's just going to be what it is. We're, and I'm just yeah, going to try in the trenches. We're in the trenches. Exactly. Right. You're in the trenches. Just going to try it, try, try to slow it down and just try to dial in 
So, you know, it's like one of the things, it's like it's really hard for people to dial back into what they're doing. Instead of like trying to like force themselves to be something another place that they're not for that particular day or for that particular workout, right? So you're like, well, we're, this is in my mind. I think I'm here, but I'm doing it right now, and this is actually where I'm at. So now it's like, okay, well, what do, I, what do I? What do I? What do I do instead? Process, well, yeah. What do I do instead? So it's like you got to be in a, in a place. that's like, okay, well, if it's not going well, I have to have the skill set. On my, or just like a tool on my tool belt that prepares me for that situation, right? One of the problems is that people are not prepared for those inevitabilities, yeah. those bumps in the road, those things like that. And it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a workout. It could be any kind of bump in the road. If you were like if you, if this person who asked the question was asked the same question, but it wasn't about working out, but it was about something else in life, what kind of advice would you give that person? Well, you know, there's just certain things, you know, like things just don't go right all all the time. But then sometimes you just kind of just have to plug away, stay resilient, and just keep trying to move the ball forward. And then one of the things that you know, one of the things that we I came I was at a corrective exercise lab that was put on by uh, Humble Plug, Brent Brookbrush, you know, um, corrective exercise lab, Brent say. Brookbrush, um, <laughs> so from the Brookbush Institute, <laughs> probably screw a mustache. <laughs> All right, and uh, and so one of the things that we talked about in that corrective exercise lab, and it's like like movement. Movement is such a touch tough thing, especially the bigger the class size, the harder it is from a quality control standpoint in order to get people to move well with quality, etc. Because there's only complexity. Yeah, it's hard with like you're only one person, and you got like a group of like forty athletes, and it's like, well, how do I get them to like? All like squat with good alignment, all that stuff. We had, I had ninety four today. Right, exactly. Right, so it's like it's the most I've ever trained. Yeah, so it's like how do you how do you how do you quality control that, right? And so one of the things that we talked about was is that one of the I mean, like one of your primary goals, nothing, if nothing else, is just to make sure that that person doesn't get worse, right? Mm-hmm. So you're trying to help them maintain where they are. And not get worse. So sometimes when you have, especially like um, AOAs, you know, um, so active older adults, right? And you're training that population. It's like, you know, am I, do I have this imagination that they're, I'm going to suddenly uh, give uh, through training, they're going to have a barbell and they're going to like snatch a barbell to like perfect perfection and all that stuff. And they're going to like get to, on the platform and start snatching and all that jazz. And it will be like an amazing, you know, uh, CrossFit athlete or whatever it is, you know, whatever the, the, the thing is, the majority of people who are in that category are ultimately just trying to focus on well being And right. And so sometimes what you're always trying to do is just help them maintain what they have. Yeah. And sometimes that's like the goal is not to let the ball move backwards. So if the ball's not moving forward, well, then your job is sometimes just to make sure that you have a holding pattern. So you just kind of make sure it doesn't move backwards. You know, moving laterally is not a bad thing. Yeah, you're trying to maintain health overall. Well, just trying to maintain, you know, your your circumstance of that situation, right? Or in that time frame, right? Because how easy is it for you to retract and go back to bad habits, you know, and how to like, you know, it's like, well, my workout didn't go well, so I feel bad. So now I'm just going to go ahead and just, you know, start eating Oreos again, right. you know, when it's like, no, it's not what you should do. We should figure out other strategies in order to respond to stress and how do we develop those, you know, different tools to like, okay, when something doesn't go right, what's something else I can do? How can I respond to this better? Not perfect, but better. Yeah. You know, as opposed to eating cookies, well, but instead of eating cookies, what else could I do? 
to respond to this stress or this situation, et cetera, right? And it kind of ties into what happens with nutrition, right? So the reason why sometimes you end up making not at great choices because chances are there are some other things that are going on that are influencing that from like a time perspective, a stress perspective. Yeah. It could be relationship based. It could be workout based. It could be a lot of things. Right. And so the idea is, you're is not that, a professional athlete. You have things going on. Right. And I think sometimes what, you know, like, especially as trainers, sometimes we have to remember that about yeah. our athletes, you know, and it's like, you know, they do have a lot of things going on. And so I don't have an expectation that, you know, this person should be executing everything 110% in their life at all times. Yeah. That's not... Unless realistic. they told me they're going to. Yes, sure. <laughs> yes, exactly. In which case, I expect it. Right. But nutrition is like one of those things that's like... Just because like... It's like diet, right? So the big thing right happening right now is like a lot of people are trying to change their nutrition habits. First of the year. And it's like, I'm on a diet. And all of a sudden, they have like a one cupcake... And they think their diet's over. Their diet's not over yeah. if they have one cupcake. It's not. That's one cupcake, which could represent you know 300 or 400 calories. And that's really, in the grand scheme of an entire month of calories, it's really not even that yeah. much. It's a blur. It's a blip. Just treat it like a normal, like, cheat thing. Well, I, don't even, I, I hate using the term cheat, right? And the reason why it makes it seem like you're doing something wrong... When we have to think about another couple key concepts, this is something I've been talking about with people in regards to like pain. So we talk about pain. Pain like is very common to feel in training, and you know when you start exercising and stuff like that. You know, especially if you've ever had like long term issues with you know various injuries throughout time and stuff like that, and that's why you're apprehensive about coming into the gym. Well, I got knee issues, I got back issues, and all that stuff. Well, chances are, if you just sit on your butt all the time, it's not going to get better anyway, right? So yeah. you can sit there and try to get your spine fused and see if that works out. But more often than not, we see the research shows that it's like, ah, it's not really that good anyway. So you're just going to come back to the doctor even probably even worse off. Yeah. And so same thing, it's like with regards to pain. If you experience pain at like a 7, 8 intensity, well, you have an intensity factor and you have a frequency factor, right? And so like one of the goals of training sometimes is not necessarily to get stronger or to get, um, you know, uh, to a point where you can go run a marathon or whatever. But your goal is, is that if I have a seven, eight going on with my back, my goal, and it's like every other day yeah, or every day, God forbid, you know, um, your job and with your exercise and your training is to do two things is to hopefully decrease the intensity of that pain or decrease the frequency of that pain. So not as often, right? So now instead of it being every day or every other day, it's like once a week now. It's only a seven or an eight. Or the other thing you're trying to work on is lowering the intensity of it. So it used to be it's every other day, but now it's only down to like, it's down like to like a three or a four. Yeah. That's progress is what that is, right? Especially if you, if you compound that out through time. So now if you had every other day and it was seven to eight, and now and that was for like months, and now you're at three or four, and that's every other day. You for months now have been at fifty to sixty percent less pain than you were in. Even though you're not totally out of pain, you're now able to live your life better. You're progressing. You're progressing, yeah. right? And so when it comes to nutrition, it's the same thing. So if there's things you struggle with, which is sweets, as an example, right? There's a frequency. And there's an intensity to that equation, right? So the question is, is that winning, 
winning within that that equation is can you decrease the frequency with which you have those things, the things that are derailing you from whatever personal goals that you're setting yeah. for yourself, or and also the intensity of it. Like for example, binging on for a particular food. How items. many? Or right. How many calories? So so like instead of eating like the entire box of Oreos, right? You know, I only have like half a box. Yeah. That's a win. <laughs> Right? If you're used to eating an entire box of Oreos in one sitting and you're only eating half now, that's awesome. That's progress. That's actually 50% better. And the idea that our trainer can sit there and talk to you on mic and say that's actually a good thing for you to happen, it's like, well, why are you eating Oreos? Don't shame people into eating Oreos. You know, yeah. it's, like, it's like, can you not see the progress that they made? You know, it's like, okay, that's something you can work with because that's someone who's actually moving to a place of mindfulness. They're actually saying to themselves, you know what? I don't want to eat the whole box anymore. Yeah. And you can work with that. It's the it's it's when people who just don't have any kind of care at all, and they're like in these seeds of like punishment to themselves. Yeah, it has to be like a small change, and then another and another and another and another. So it's just it's just one of those things that having a cupcake is not the worst yeah, thing, the worst. but because all you have to do is investigate. Hey, am I eating cupcakes every week, every day? No. You know, and as long as you don't get into the same pattern, because what you're trying to do is un, you're trying to break these old patterns and try to introduce new patterns. And those are, that's a very tough thing to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like when you're trying to do that, you got to figure out, okay, well, there's this old habit. It's like smoking, you know, it's like, well, if you, if you were smoking, you know, 20 cigarettes a day, you know, over the course of 30 days, that's what, 600 cigarettes a month, whatever it is, you know, that's a lot, right? <laughs> and so, like, if you, by the end of, you know, like the next month, you end up decreasing that by, you know, uh, to down to 200 cigarettes, you're winning. You are so winning, you know, because that's building momentum, that's building self-confidence and your ability to handle the problem and to change the behavior. Yeah. And so part of it is hanging in and seeing the progress you're making, right? Finding the positives. Long way around saying find the positives in what you're doing. If you can find the positives and try to see the success and then reaffirm to yourself how much success and how much progress you really are making, that's how you stay motivated. That's how you stay on track is highlighting your successes. When you stop highlighting your successes, that's when you allow those, those old patterns to come back in and just take over again. It's really true. Focus on those little victories every single day, you know, or every single week. You know, it's like, hey, you know, this week I only had cupcakes once or twice, you know, and I'm used to having like blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, for example, like someone who's like um, an alcoholic or someone who struggles with addiction, you know, sometimes one of the things that sets off their addiction is their stress response. So X happens. And then because X happens, they have a certain kind of emotional reaction. And then that emotional reaction creates the addiction or whatever it is, the, the cigarette, the craving for the cigarette or the craving for the, the, the beer or whatever, right? And so what you're trying to do is it's like, well, you know, victory could be the fact that you are in within that whole cycle. You're having a little like uh, break in there it's, it's that you actually have a conversation to yourself. You know what? Do I really need this? The cigarette. You're recognizing. Right. You are, but the fact that you were actually able to stop yourself and actually say pause for a second, that's already winning, right? And the fact is, is that sometimes, like, even if you do have a beer or you do have a cigarette in that situation, it's not a sense of your own failure. But the idea is, is that 
within that, it was an automatic. And so when we take something that becomes, we take an automatic behavior and we start making it a non-automatic behavior where it's now a little bit more of a struggle, that's progress moving forward. That's a victory. Highlight that victory. Yeah. You know, the fact that you are winning and you can get better, right? So it's part of that self-belief model. I can make progress. I can make improvements. And just having rough patches in there is not really going to define whether or not you ultimately get, have success or the not. Overall, yeah. What really is going to define that is your consistency through time and your willingness to stay on track and stay on path through that length of time. Because it's always a, it's always going to be a marathon. It's never going to be a sprint. It's how you stay motivated to essentially exercise and mm-hmm. try to eat well day in and day out. So 15 years at this, at this juncture for me, you know, with having exercise and health and well-being as a mental focus in my life or a value in my life, right? I would say that the kind of fitness I was doing at 20 was different than the fitness I'm doing at 35. So part of it is understanding that there's an, always an evolution to what you're doing. So there's always all these new things to kind of keep into your life, keep challenging yourself, right? So finding new challenges is always a good way to stay motivated. Um, And then the biggest thing for me personally is just that I have a, 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 a deeper connection to fitness in terms of what it's doing in my existence. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if it's not like... It's one of those things that it helps me feel better about how I manage my stress, how I manage my mental health um, disorders. So that's really a big key for me. It's less about whether or not I have success on the barbell, right? And it's not – that's really not what motivates me. What motivates me is the idea that I can still get better no matter what if I just keep plugging away. And there's always something new to kind of start enjoying. Right. When I see people who are like, I have no motivation to go to the gym. I have none of this. Well, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Because if you're sitting there, you're burned out. You hate going into the gym and working out and training and all that stuff. Then one of the things you should be doing is figuring out what do you enjoy about activity? Yeah. What do you enjoy? And it's like if that's not that – then find something that you do enjoy so you can stay motivated with it, right? There's so much in terms of activity and exercise selection that you can get into. You can find a protocol, yeah. You can find something that you love, you know, and enjoy, you know? And it's like, do I plan on doing CrossFit forever? No, I don't plan on doing CrossFit forever. Part of it is just because I want to, you know, always find different challenges in in myself and just different things I want to do. And the thing is, is that, you know, that may or may not be CrossFit, you know, at yeah. that point. And so I may try to find a different challenge to stay motivated in. But at the centerpiece of it all is that I understand that fitness as a value has added a lot to my existence and will continue to add a lot to my existence. And as long as that constant is still there, then it's really easy to keep those things in your life. Yeah. When things start taking away from your existence, but yet you still do them, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. So that's, that's how I stay motivated. You? Um, the biggest one for me would just be how I feel, you know, day to day. Like I, I know when I didn't get my workout in, like being moody or 
um, I don't know. It was, it was to try to get to a place for me where I'm doing it because I enjoy it and also like the competitive aspect and just like seeing how much I'm improving day to day, but never wanting it to be like a thing where, oh, well I had McDonald's last night. So like I have to go to the gym yeah. this the morning. Punishment mentality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And be like, well, I've got to, so how many calories did I eat? And now I need to go on to the elliptical and burn 600 calories at a time, which first of all, it's a tough headspace to get out of. Oh, it is for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Just consistently eating like that to make yourself feel bad and then working out like that to continue to make yourself feel bad just over and over. Pretty but much. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't even, I'm not a, an extremely healthy eater by any means. I am very conscious of it because I've made it a habit at yeah. this point. And that's, it's like working out is habitual, but like this morning I got food poisoning, um, around like the day before New Year's Eve or something. And I didn't work out for four or five days, obviously, cause that's what my body needed. And then this morning I got up to do yoga and I was really pumped about it, you know, right. cause I hadn't been able to and. I just, and then you show up and you feel like lucky to, to do it and then feel like that is, so good afterwards, you know? That's the overall search. Like hopefully everyone's trying to look for, but like, I like to mix it up. That's the final thing I'll say, because to me, I did get burnout on CrossFit for a while because I entered it with the mentality of like, this is where I need to be. And I am so competitive that I'm getting hard on myself that I lost that love for it. Right, and so I think that's probably the more interesting question is how, not how do you stay motivated, but sometimes how do you avoid burnout? Because those are those are two different things, right? You know, I, yeah. I think it's it's it's, it's kind of centering around the same question, but like you see that happen all the time. People get burned out on different types of activities, right? So why do they get burned out? Part of it is that you know it's like like you you. Learn that you love something like yoga or whatever it is, mm-hmm. CrossFit or Taibo or whatever. And then all of a sudden you get to like a certain point where you're so saturated in it. I think part of it is that you're so saturated in it and then it's like, then you just don't, you get, at some point you, you're, you're going to hit those plateaus and you're yeah. like, well, well, how do I get past this? I'm just doing it and just doing it and doing it. Right. And, and I had to take a break. I really did. I mean, not a break break, but I, I don't remember when this was. Maybe last year, early last year. Yeah. Um, early 2018, I was kind of like, I don't know. Like, I'm just not feeling it anymore. And then it kind of took me a second to get back into it. And for me, it's like kind of injury-related injury as well. Like, if I'm not feeling 100%, then why, like, put myself in those positions yeah, to the, just... the risk to reward is not there. Yeah, but now I feel like I've found this really healthy balance of keeping it interesting and doing my yoga and sometimes bar and like mostly CrossFit. And then sometimes I come to burn and do your classes and it's really, it keeps it fun for me. And I kind of like to have that, those goals everywhere. But I've asked you a bunch of times how you've stuck with it for as long as you have, because you haven't really plateaued like I did. Like I was just like, ugh. You know? Yeah, like, gotten completely sick of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just like, uh, when I first started, it was like, go, 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 mm-hmm. go, as much as I can. Captain all or nothing. Yeah. Captain, there's no such thing as overtraining. 
Yeah. Um, Sport or else. <laughs> Nothing else, actually. But, uh, <laughs> like, dialing back and taking more rest days, I, don't know, I think that's helped in terms of... I definitely But, like, I've guess. had to change my thinking from that, like, you need to win every single workout to just just being, like... <laughs> chill out mm-hmm. what what you no so to me it's like to me it's it's like ask the the negative of that question you know it's, it's like how do you say motivated what kills motivation and then and once you have the answers to that then you now have the roadmap to the things to avoid you know what i mean it's like how do i stay motivated well what 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 prevents you from staying motivated yeah. the fact that you're tired all the time the fact that you feel miserable all the time right you're burnt you know what i mean that's the thing you know I think the, like, two main things is, number one, like, I think it's legitimately a good thing to push yourself, like, physically, on at least, like, three times a week. Like, in terms of the intensity that it takes, I think it's just like a, I don't know, I kind of almost create, and number two that plays into that, yeah, I definitely crave it, but number two that plays into it is that if you have a 10-minute Metcon, there's nothing else going on in your mm-hmm. in the world right. what you're doing. Right, there's that, right. You're 100% invested in what, like, there's nothing. Your brain can't even think. It's just counting reps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's just, I don't know, that's always been interesting to me. Well, like, I started doing this thing where it's like, I, like, I noticed that when I do more sport workouts... My body does not feel great. I get tired more. I'm not as good of a trainer. And so I was like, well, why am I doing that? Because I think I should, you know? Yeah. And so That's it's exactly like, what it is. Yeah. so it's, so it's a, it's a shouldness. It's like, and I, I, I and you gotta watch out for that should. I like, should do this or I should do that. I said this earlier. Mm-hmm. We all work out more than you probably should for the most part. Like, just for, like, a normal human being. Sometimes I do. You, yeah. We're obviously invested yeah. in this. We, we, I think what it is is that we probably work out more than what we need in order to get the po- most positive health outcomes, right. right? We, it's like, in order for you to get positive health outcomes, which is just, like, lower blood pressure, better uh, insulin sensitivity and all that stuff, what you have to do at a minimum is really not that much. No. Right, it really isn't it, to the point where you can literally lower your blood pressure, lose weight, and get better insulin sensitivity just by walking forty minutes a day, five days a week. That doesn't require a gym membership. Doesn't require anything. I know I'm like not selling the gym on this. You know, it's like at this point. But the idea is, is but that's really what it is, right? And so it really doesn't require that much. But what it is is that it's like okay. Um, you know, it, it, you can, it, I think we work out to the point where it's like, we, we want to see something else beyond just standard health outcomes. And I think it's part of it, you know, that's why we're yeah. willing to invest the time and effort into it and all that stuff. But with regards to like doing all those like heavy sport workouts, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do intermediate workouts, you know, like three, two or three times a week. I'm going to do my, my rowing. I'm going to do my biking. And then I'm going to go from there. And these last couple of weeks, I feel 10 times better i will say coming back after christmas and having two days off like when we started like my my box squat went horrific but like my (laughs) my knees like my knees and my joints everything felt so good but that but how's that doesn't that get you motivated again to get back into it right sure to squat 
Yeah, they just do do everything, right? Blow out my knees again. <laughs> right, you know? Can't wait. Let's hope not. With 60 dumbbell front squats. I feel um, like that's... Hey, that was a great workout. It was a good workout. I have reached that point where um, a majority of the workouts I do are intermediate, but sometimes I do sport. So sprinkle it in. Boot touching. A little, little, little sprinkle. Yeah. And... Um, I'm, I've learned to just be, like, cool with that. That doesn't mean that I'm not pushing myself or it doesn't mean that I'm just, like, staying there. But, like, that workout that I was talking about, I thought, well, you know, I could play it safe. But, no, I'm going to go for the 95 today. And I did. So I still do that every now and then. But I, like, don't have these unrealistic expectations for myself anymore. Because when I started CrossFit, like, I was pretty, like thin when we started dating like I did not have any muscle mass whatsoever and then I just see these other girls and I'm like well I need to do that you know but now I just feel really solid with like where I am right now which is I love I love that language one of the things we gotta (laughs) focus on is just the language that we hear and the language that we use so I need to do this I should do this right those are those are those are those those kinds of statements are not necessarily the healthiest mental space to be in. You know, it's like I, you don't need coaches to do anything. You don't. You're not. You should or should not do X, Y, or Z. The thing is, is that you want to do X, Y, or Z, right? Sure. You, get, you get to a place from need to want. That's the magic, right? And how do you manage to get from need to want or should to want? I want to do this. Is I want to make this an important part of my life. You know, and that's part of it. Is yeah. getting out of those that place, that mental space. So I need to compare myself to others. I need to be like others. Mm-hmm. You need to be you. You need to be Riley. You need to be Jeremiah. I need to be Rob. You know, we just need to express ourselves. And as, as we... long as I'm so... capable of finishing the sport workout under the time cap, I'm doing sport. <laughs> sport or die. Okay. Well, yeah. Chaz Michael fun. Michaels is figure skating. Boom. <laughs> 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 um, I will say, I think a turning point, <laughs> Bo's just around the corner, like, what was that? What? <laughs> um, the turning point for me, I think, was um, seeing someone else walk in the gym, me not realizing at this point that I'd probably been doing CrossFit for over two years. Now it's been about three and a half. Um, but a girl that kind of was, like, making those assumptions about me that I had made about other girls. When I walked into the gym. And that's when I kind of was like... Like, I've made it in that aspect. Like, in my mind, I made it to where that was. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. I wasn't like... You know, I'm not RX plusing every single workout or sport or whatever at the time. So I was like, well, that's what they're doing and I need to do that. And then someone walked in the gym and, like, thought that about me. Like, someone came up to me and was like, oh, girl, like, I wish I could clean and jerk like you. And then I was like, I've done it. Perspective. Yeah. I've done it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I wasn't thinking, well, I, was, I, like, immediately was done comparing myself because I had become, like, what I wanted to be in a way. When did that happen? You know happen? what I mean? Like. How long ago is we talking at this point? Uh, Probably, like, a year and a half ago or something. I, okay. I think I had dropped in possibly to the gym that I started at but I was like two years into CrossFit at that point so like it wasn't like a max lift or anything but just like 
maybe I was able to RX that day. And then it was kind of like the perspective she, from other people. She was like, well, I finally I finally did it. And then like when I'm out of town and working out somewhere and someone's like, it's a pretty big snatch weight. It's like heroin. I'm like, let's go to another gym. Let's max the snatch. Someone complimented me. Well, I think, I think <laughs> well, you were... Well, it's nice. Yeah. yeah. But one of the things you're hinting on, which is I think kind of a cool concept, which is how do you define success? Was I have to be like blah 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 blah? Well, someone else's definition of success was where you are, you know. Exactly. And yeah, how, that's what like, made me realize it. Well, you know, honestly, one of the things that I always found super powerful was one of the things that we did back at the Y when I worked for them was we did this thing called a Be Healthy Challenge, and I got to work with a, essentially it was kind of like a twelve week, you know, like almost like Biggest Loser kind yeah. of kind of challenge that us. We were we had a group of people, and then like all these different other gyms, like D one, all that stuff, all had different, you know, groups and stuff like that. We could all kind of like work with this group for twelve weeks, and then we had like a start and then a finish, right? And so, what they define as success for them, you know, at that stage, is very different than how maybe like I kind of like would think about like well, what does success mean to me you know the epitome of like where I want to get to and stuff like that mm-hmm. sometimes where the pe- place that most people want to get to is a place where they can just make exercise just a regular habit in their life you know and when you sometimes you have to come back to that as like a health professional and remember that you know just getting in the gym is really just the, the like the number one key that we, you can do and it doesn't even necessarily matter that of what you're doing in there, but the fact that you're getting in there and making it a priority is already, you know, a huge, a huge yeah. version of mm-hmm. success, right? Yeah. So how you define success is kind of like part of it, you know? And so sometimes when you hear stuff like that or someone comes up to you and like, wow, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you think to yourself, well, I'm not like the definition of success. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. But in their mind, you are. You are, doing it. you are a superhero in their mind, you know? Because you, you, you're, you're consistent. You've worked on it. Just even though you may not you, be looking, you know all the exercises. Like you don't have to like you know everything that the coach is saying. You know how the workouts work. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, now for me, it's it's changed. Um, realizing that has changed my goals, which has also changed my motivation. Right, and you know, because now I want to be. I I like being consistent, but I also want to be kind of like dipping a toe into like a lot of stuff now yeah so i kind of lost the whole like i'm gonna do this crossfit thing and i'm gonna be really good because i was like you know i don't know if i'm gonna be like great at it and that's like you know super super good yeah i'm sure it does but but. does that impact your ability to enjoy crossfit now no no because once i realized that then i'm like well i'd like to be like kind of okay at yoga and i kind of want to be okay at running still and then like it keeps me like kind of it's shifted it shifted its role in your life right it's like where where it's like it used to be the number one consuming thing and now it's like this supports other things for me Mm -hmm. you know what i mean right and so it's something that i enjoy and it doesn't have to be everything in my life you know there's other Mm -hmm. things that are out there right and so that's what makes it awesome you know and that's that's a great story all right, gang, we did it. Is that every single one? Huh? It's two hours. Oh, I know. I don't want to edit more than two hours. Um, yeah, well, we did it, pretty much. I don't, I don't even, like, at this point, I don't... It's like a, yeah, it's When a people are like, how do you stay more. motivated? Uh, I don't, I legitimately don't... Yeah, I'm sorry, we didn't ask you that question. Go ahead. 
No, yeah, you I answer answered. it? I answered. Oh, okay. I answered it. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, I don't, there's nothing, like, I don't feel like I have to, you got this today. Like, I just go and do it. Like, it's that habitual, like, to the point. I don't, <laughs> this is why I didn't answer it this way, because I sound like a douchebag. Like, I don't need motivation. Like, I just enjoy working out at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, it's something that I really like to do, and that's mm-hmm. why I've done it so much. I, th- I think, in just general, like, you know, dampening expectations is also a key component to that, yeah. right? So you don't have to have, right. like, your A game so, every single time, right? So when I first started, like, I'm trying to, like, be the best weightlifter ever, lift the most weight, and you basically call me out every single podcast, and you're like, you haven't PR'd in forever. And... Um, yeah, every single one. Which I, I, that I don't. We've all noticed. <laughs> I, don't, I don't PR my stats or that stuff anymore, like... I just enjoy doing it. Like, and that's what it is now. It's not like a chase to get the next yeah. fucking no, I, I, I totally believe you at this yeah. point. Like, that's like, basically what I'm saying is seven years in with you or something. That's all it took. <laughs> seven years. Seven years. But what's funny, like, the other day, like, we did those doubles. I had no expectation of yeah, what was going to happen exactly. with that. I just, like, we're just, we're just going to do it. And, and all of a sudden, there it is. Yeah. You sit there and you don't train and you just like all that stuff. You don't do all this stuff and da, 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 and all of a sudden, bam, there well, it is. People will be like, is that, exactly. a, is that a PR? Like if I'm doing it like before class starts or something like that. I'm like, no, it's just a good double. Yeah, it's a yeah. good double. You know, but sometimes like occasionally. I didn't suck today. Yeah. <laughs> good day. You know, I think what well, the problem is that we, we associate our performance with the PR. Yeah. And that's, what, that's where we should be. That's how we should be. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's baloney. Yeah. Find a level that you know that you're strong and try to stay there. That's like your epitome yeah. of a, the best day ever. You know, everything, yeah. all the stars aligned, all the moons, the planets, everything. And then all of a sudden you got that, that lift and it was great. Yeah. You know, celebrate mood, yeah. it, celebrate it in the it's moment, <laughs> but then realize that that's not going to be how it's always going to be. Right. And just continue to just enjoy what it is, you know, and it's well, making that a, a huge. Yeah, component. whenever I PR'd my squat clean last time was I think the 2018 Open, and I had dropped in again at my like home gym, and I, I don't know, I think I hit like 150 or something because that is the type of mindset that I like. I love having that time the constraint. Atmosphere. Yeah, and the atmosphere yeah. of it all. And then I remember um, one of the coaches being like, "Well, that looked easy, Riley. Like, why don't you put five more on?" And I literally just went. And like, couldn't even get it up to my like. Clark knees. did. Yeah, I was like, it's no, an adrenaline. Like, dump. it's one hundred percent not going to happen, and it hasn't happened since that day. Yeah. You know, like it was just one of those. Once you like, moments. you hit that one, and everyone's like, yeah, and then you're like, put five more on. It's like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. I like, can't. I can't even pick it up now. <laughs> not sure how. That's that the happens. definition. Once you're scared, <laughs> you're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, dude. Thanks for coming.